I told you that her legs are only the fifth percentile in length. Yeah. <laughs> Court asked the doctor, like, well, is she going to grow proportionally? <laughs> the doctor's like, I hope so. Also, how are they supposed to measure that when she's, like, literally curled up in, like, the tightest little ball right now? Like, she, she could have giant legs and they're just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they were, like, up tucked inside her abdomen. 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 I don't know. In there. In her pouch. In her, yeah. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. In high school, we were best friends. And now that we're old, we're still best friends. And we both really love the show Friends. We love it so much that we thought we'd rewatch it together and tell you all about it. So join us to find out all the details that two people who weren't there can find out from the internet. Could there be better friends watching Friends? I still, I was watching her moving this morning at my appointment and I still was just like I don't know that there's like Matt can't be a human in there that's weird (laughs) (laughs) it's bizarre yeah it's hard for your brain to compute it's Mm -hmm. like "Mm, there's a living thing inside there that that's inside me and I'm gonna get it out of me somehow just by by magic (laughs) well this show made it seem pretty easy to get a baby out this episode Oh my gosh, I was thinking about you the entire time I was watching it. I'm like, this is so fitting that uh-huh. we're watching it right now, right before <laughs> Sarah's about to give birth. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I definitely cried more than once, Aww. but in a good way. I guess we should introduce the episode then. Sure. Since we're already talking about it. Okay. <laughs> this is... Season 1, episode 23, The One with the Birth. It was written by David Crane, Marta Kaufman, Jeff Greenstein, and Jeff Strauss. Directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on May 11th, 1995. Fix-It Corner. I went back and listened to all of our last podcasts, and in episode 8, they look at a photo of Monica's Nana and the gang at Jabba Joe's, and they say in that picture that Nana is 23 to 24. And then they all like sweetly stare at each other like, oh, fun gang. Like, we're like, so I assumed we were supposed to assume that Monica's also 23 or 24 in that episode. But then the previous episode made it seem like she was 22, 23. But then in episode 22, she says she's 26. And I yeah. was just like, how long has it been? How old is she? What's happening? (laughs) Because, (laughs) and in this episode too, there's some conflicting um, ages with Joey and Monica that I'll get to, but. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, because I thought she said she was 26 in this episode too. She does, but in, but like, you know, 12 episodes ago, they made it seem like she was 22 to 24. Yeah. I don't know. So has it been two years? Has it been four months? Like Rachel just got her first paycheck very recently. So it can't have been that long. Carol's given birth though. So it's been at least, you know, six months. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be more than that. (laughs) How long has it been? 
It's the age-old question of friends. I do have some facts, too. One thing that I found out that I thought was really interesting was when I was, I mean, and when I was first kind of going through the episodes, I thought originally that this was the season finale, and I forgot that the one where Rachel finds out, I somehow I thought that one was like the first episode of the next season, but it's not the case. We have one more episode, and it was because James Burroughs insisted that viewers cared more about Ross and Rachel than this baby, which I think is very accurate. Because <laughs> totally. I, I, sorry, I don't give a rip about this baby. <laughs> I did like really like the episode, but I don't, it was more about their relationships and their interactions than what was actually happening with Carol, unfortunately. I like the phrase, I don't give a rip. I haven't heard that before. Really? No. I like that. I thought it would be it would be better than rat's ass. <laughs> Fortunately, we don't have to bleep out ass, just the just <laughs> <laughs> There was a point where I was like, I don't know if Carol's being the best actor. A little overdoing it much. <laughs> yeah. One thing about Carol's voice that this episode really accentuated for some reason. She delivers every line in like sing song. Have you <laughs> have you noticed that? She'll just be like, not helping. <laughs> or like I have a person coming outside of me. Yeah, it's just a like lilty, like and it was just overdoing it a little bit. Yeah, she was way over hamming some of it and in, to a point where it was like just not believable and not enjoyable but yeah i i, I have a fact oh a back, a back fact go for it this is the first episode to not feature central perk or monica and rachel's apartment yeah we're only in the hospital mm-hmm. for the entire time but boy do we switch around quickly yeah and i just say <laughs> this episode was really hard to to watch and take notes and track because it kept moving so quickly. <laughs> I didn't even put, I put hospital as the first scene and then I didn't label any of the rest of them because I was like, it's still hospital. I don't know where we are. Like, <laughs> still hospital. The other facts that I have, you'll probably go more into this later, but June Gable plays Estelle Leonard, who is Joey's talent agent. But in this episode she plays the birthing nurse which is so funny because I didn't ever notice it I always she stood out and like I remember her from watching like years ago and and watching the season the series over and over but I never actually realized that she was Estelle yeah I didn't either you would never know I mean she doesn't have that crazy hair or the cigarettes or the crazy outfits and like white makeup yeah but she still delivers lines really well i love that actress yeah she's got a good amount of sass yeah but this is the only episode where she plays a different character all of the rest of them where she appears she's estelle and wasn't the only episode that we saw her in before wasn't she cut from the tv version so we haven't even met her yet really as estelle if you watch the non-dvd episodes 
Yes. Yep. Um, I have some book facts, finally, from Ooh, my book. Nice. Leah Remini apparently originally auditioned to play Monica. Is that the one who was the single single lady? Yeah. Yeah, she said she was devastated when she didn't get the part. She said, we all knew it would be a huge hit. We just knew it. And then the other book fact is they point out that this is the first real moment of growth that we see for Joey. And it's the first time that he is actually something other than the good looking actor across the hall. Yeah, this he he does have a little bit of depth to him. And like he, he kind of jumps in and cares about this this lady like really quickly <laughs> i know they said that it was um kind of a glimpse of like what his future could have been didn't like that douchey guy that came back no she seemed very cool with him showing up i know <laughs> she also seemed to recover from birth quite quickly but we'll get there <laughs> so so will you sarah <laughs> Should we do some trivia? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Okay. I always get so nervous. <laughs> I'm like, we have a podcast. I should know all of these things. I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. No, I'm ready. After what big event was Chandler unable to perform sexually? Uh... I couldn't think of that one. I have no idea. Chandler and Monica got engaged. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, well, so remember, they're all going to go to dinner to celebrate, and, like, they stay behind to try to, like, get it on. Oh, oh. And then he can't, and then he's, like, sulking the whole night, I think. I did not remember that, though. I thought it was before, like, at Phoebe's birthday, or is that a different one that I'm thinking? Oh, yeah, that's the one where uh, they all have to sit at the tiny table, and they're all late. Yeah, they're all late for different reasons. Yeah, so they do have sex, but she's super mad at Chandler, and then she pretends oh. she's not mad because so, she, she's ovulating and she wants to have sex, and then she resumes being mad at him, and then they keep fighting. Oh, okay. I knew it was it had to do with sex. <laughs> Good tracking. <laughs> that has to do with sex. I know that one. <laughs> You'll get this one. What color is the leather couch in Joey's apartment? Yellow? Mm-hmm. I was trying I was trying to think of like all of the um versions of their living room. So I was like it's not leather not the bark loungers. No, not the gross pull out. Not the picnic tables. Like not the canoe. Yeah. Who fooled around with Monica's cousin Charlie at Monica's sweet 16 party? This is like going deep. Uh is it one of the friends? Mhm. Rachel. Good job. I mean, I, it, it was it was limited, so I mean, <laughs> it's not Ross, she, so it's got to be Rachel. <laughs> she she had to win by default. Yeah, which friend had a caricaturist at their sixteenth birthday party? These are hard. Phoebe, Monica. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when was that reference? <laughs> I don't remember. What comedy duo does Joey have a poster of in his apartment? Uh, Laurel and Hardy. Good job. Yay, that wasn't so bad. It's not your fault if you get them wrong if they're too hard. So but, Okay. <laughs> I, I like that philosophy a yeah, lot. Thanks. <laughs> I'm a therapist. <laughs> I'm going to use that as a teacher. <laughs> it's not your fault if they're too hard. A. We're funny. <laughs> 
it's true. You make me laugh so much. It's like, it's so ridiculous. I don't even care if anyone listens to us. I, I like us. All right. Well, I got a summary for you. When Carol is rushed to the hospital to have Ross's baby, all the friends come along, but prove less than helpful. Joey has a playful interaction with a single pregnant woman in the waiting room and soon finds himself playing the part of her birth coach. Rachel spends her time flirting with Carol's doctor, and Chandler consoles a baby-obsessed Monica. Ross and Susan can't seem to start arguing, and Phoebe manage to lock, manages to lock all three of them in a janitorial closet just as Carol is about to give birth. That really sums it up. Did you say they can't start arguing? They can't stop arguing. <laughs> Sorry, it's probably my congestion. Uh, yeah, okay. Here we go, birthing. <laughs> well, the opening scene is, might be my favorite thing of all time, when Ross runs in like a tropical bird flapping his arms. He just like, the way he runs in is like, I can't even, I can't even, <laughs> I wish I could show show you. <laughs> It's like the bounciest. I was really confused at first because it's been a while since I watched the last one. And the way it started, I was like, wait, did I miss something? Like, am I on the right episode? Like, I forgot that she, I knew this one was called the one with the birth, but I forgot she had already gone into labor or he found out at the end of the last one. Yeah. Because it was so frantic and like, (laughs) it was just like oh it is happening and I forgot I was like where are we what what I also was like where are we because it looked like a different hospital it was definitely a different set than we've Mm -hmm. seen before but then I remembered oh that was the emergency room we're in like another wing the birthing center yeah I well good on them for not using the same set as the ER yeah for sure and from last episode it totally tracks because they're all wearing the same clothes as the last scene in the last episode including that terrible tracksuit that chandler's got on oh man i am so excited i may vomit and the purple planet shirt i like and what on god's green earth is monica wearing (laughs) it is so so horrendous that suit jacket with that like that's your, what was the color that you named that purple? It's just, just like sad, dusky bullshit or something. <laughs> you had a good name for it that wasn't that. I don't but, know, but I like that. <laughs> I've been looking at paint colors recently for a bedroom and that, like, that is what they, they're named. It's so stupid. It's so great. I love paint colors. I love, love, just, I want that job. Yeah. Yeah, well, you would be good at it. You had a great name for this awful, oh. sad, like, elephant skin purple color. Oh, it's so gross. It, but it, it's also, like, a little brighter than the other the other mm-hmm. one that you're referencing. Yeah. It's the exact wrong color for her skin tone. <laughs> like, it couldn't be more wrong for her. <laughs> the, the cut, I've never seen a dress that has buttons that go down to about, like, your pubic bone from the neck. Oh, God. It's not like a full button dress, but it's like not half. It's very bizarre. I I wrote those buttons are offensive. (laughs) They're so and they're so bright and silver. Yeah. It's and it's a weird collar. It's just disgusting. It makes her look sick. I'm sorry. It's making me angry. (laughs) 
the fabric it looks like some sort of bad suede that's been like mushed or, you know when you have to like brush it all one way to look nice mm -hmm. otherwise it just looks like shit all the time <laughs> that's what it looks like it's oh, it's that type of material that if you feel it it feels like it feels almost wet <laughs> mean like you yes. don't you don't want to touch it because it feels just like so gross oh my god oh my god <laughs> not only all of that but the cut is so Ugh. terrible it's like not above her knee but it's not it's like grossly at her knee kind of but it's really unflattering it's just like a sack <laughs> Yeah, terrible. Just, just <laughs> terrible. I don't even care to talk about anyone else's because, like, it was so bad. I didn't even really notice anybody's until, like, a few scenes later. Yeah. Because I was like, what? I thought it was a skirt suit set. Like, I didn't realize there was a dress underneath until mm -hmm. she takes the jacket off. She's got, like, an awful navy blazer over the top that is just, man. Yeah. And when Joey stands up, or like when he's next to her I was like oh my god Joey looks hot like <laughs> he looked he actually looked really I think he looked really good but then next to her he looked even hotter really good really good <laughs> he almost had we've talked about this before but like a fisherman's sweater oh yeah remember I talked about that yes that, like it was like that high like kind of rolled thick collar like a cable knit type mm -hmm. yeah but it was super dark blue. It looked really nice, and his hair looked good. I was Team Joey there nice. for a minute. Yeah, I I didn't even notice <laughs> <laughs> because of the atrocity next to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I did love Joey's reaction to the words "mucus plug," though. Like, because yeah. and I and I and I feel you, Joey. Because anytime I hear hear that word, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I said that it's a very real thing. I'm currently living in great fear of losing daily at this point in my life. Because, yeah, yeah gross. I don't want to see that come out. And it's probably going to. So, yeah, can't I wait for that. I never saw mine. Good. <laughs> I hope I never have to see mine. Or anyone else's. Yeah. At 36 seconds... We bounce around to the scene a little bit to some some witty banter, but then Ross flaps in again <laughs> for a Just second like, time. Cannot deal. Oh, it's so funny. It's and they're so calm. They are so yeah. calm. They're like, oh, I got a candy bar. I got a little stuffed animal. And he's just like, why? <laughs> oh, it's so great. Ugh. Yeah, I liked Chandler like trying to teach Rachel about comedy and how he like picks his moments. And Rachel just can't do it. And Chandler was like, he was pretty on fire there. Oh, yeah. His hair was not. <laughs> or his outfit. No, but his hair was real slicked back. Did you notice? Like, lots of gel. Is this, is this like, off-duty Chandler? Like, this is just, like, greasy, loungy Chandler? I don't know. I, I don't I, like it. It's not good. No. It's got to have, you got to have a little, little flop to the hair. Agreed. Speaking of a little flop to the hair, after the credits, Dr. Franz Blau comes in, which is a huge, huge name for a doctor. Franz Blau. Where did they get that? Oh, I was like, that's a really difficult name. Like, if you're writing a sitcom, where does that come from? That's a hard name to say. I guess it's funny. 
<laughs> I have to say, I love Jonathan Silverman in this role. The way that he delivers lines is so memorable. Like, I remember everything that he says because of the way he says it. I feel like he has been in more things than he has. Like, he hasn't, he's been in stuff, but his career is not as, like, illustrious as, as I remember. Like, because he is really memorable and he's really funny. He reminds mm-hmm. me of, um, oh, of, um, like, Ryan Reynolds almost. Yeah, he's a little like Ryan Reynolds, Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. like borderline Jim Carrey mm-hmm. for me, where just super expressive mm-hmm. and like does the facial, the facial motions along with the voice inflection. <laughs> yeah, he's got really good delivery. It's really funny. Yeah. I, I also forgot that he was in Weekend at Bernie's. I have never seen that film. Okay, so Court and I had never seen it, and we watched it, I think, last year. And because we were like, well, we're in quarantine, we might as well watch all these old movies we've never seen. It holds up so much better than really? any of those other, like, goofy old, like, 80s movies. We were laughing out loud. And <laughs> the guy who plays Bernie, who's, like, supposed to be dead, and the, he, and he's a living actor, he does the most amazing job of, like, hurling his body around <laughs> he gets like thrown into waves and he's just like washing up on the beach and it's like not a duck like there's a lot of scenes where it's just him and they're just like throwing him around and um it's actually really funny i thought it would be terrible but it was good and he's in it so okay i'm gonna have to check it out then give it a watch it'll give you a little bit of levity and like this yeah. very dark world we're in right now <laughs> <laughs> well the other fun thing about um, him being in Weekend at Bernie's is that in season four, episode 12, the one with the embryos, they talk about how Weekend at Bernie's is Rachel's favorite movie. So Jonathan Silverman plays Dr. Franz Blau. He, his mother is from Jerusalem and her family has lived there since the establishment of Israel. So, wow. The whole time of Israel. <laughs> all, all, all the time. All he played the title role in, this, in the sitcom, The Single Guy. Do you remember that show? Yeah, that was an NBC show, wasn't it? It was. It started in 95. And so this is another NBC-averse crossover because it was airing, I think, when because this one aired in 95, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So they were, um, just like with the ER one, they were promoting, cross-promoting. He's also been in Caroline in the City, Arliss, CSI Miami, Kim Possible, Psych, Beethoven's Big Break, Law and Order, Castle, and Good Girls. And <laughs> those were like the best ones like that I had heard of that I could pick out. He's also in a ton of terrible sounding shows and films that I have never heard of. <laughs> so I skipped a lot of them. Some of them were called things like Significant Mother, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Hungover Games, uh, Self Storage, and Swinging with the Finkles. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> And there was also a TV movie listed called Untitled Bruckheimer slash McCall Project in 2005. <laughs> and I can only assume it like never got made because it's still listed as the Untitled Bruckheimer Project. So okay. that's his illustrious career. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was in a lot more stuff in the 90s. Me too. Weird. He must, there must be like other actors that look just like him then. 
Yeah, well, I think he's just, like you said, he he is memorable. Like, it must have been from Single Guy that I mostly know him mm-hmm. from because I didn't watch any of the rest of that. Same. I don't know. It, I always think it's funny, too, when comedic actors like like him will then all of a sudden be like, CSI Miami. I know. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> I know. I feel like they do that as a challenge to themselves. Like, I can do drama, too. Yeah. Or, like, the show is like, we need, like, a comedic person for this one role that we're going to kill in this episode. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do love him in this role. I have a couple questions about the background in <laughs> Carol's room. Mostly just, like, it looks like there's almost a kitchenette in there <laughs> to the side. Like, if they're looking at the bed to the, to the right-hand side, it's, like oak kitchen cabinets and lower cabinets and drawers and i think there's i don't i didn't see a sink but there was like a giant stereo system or something (laughs) on that counter but i'm just like it looks like a full kitchenette in a birthing room there should definitely be a sink and not a stereo (laughs) yeah i didn't see a sink but there was a big rocker like a rocking chair in that yes and i was like okay are they do they give birth in the same room that they stay in? It seems like that's what they're doing in this show, which is not true, right? I I have never experienced... There's always a place where the mess happens yeah, exactly. and then a place where you go to recover. That's why I don't want to have a home birth because I don't <laughs> want those places to be my house. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I found that interesting. Having been in that situation, I'm like, oh, I was wondering if they do something, if they did something different. It also grossed me out seeing that rocking chair because, well, A, it was like almost in the way of the door. Like this seems, if she is giving birth in this room, this is not, this is a hazard because people are running around. There's a lot of people in there. And then also it had like, like very thin cushiony pillows on it. And I was like, are those washed in between every mom or oh. they just sit on there? <laughs> Gross. Yeah, not like regular hospital furniture that is definitely uh, wipe downable. Yeah. You can just <laughs> spray it with like uh, one of those pesticide sprayers just filled <laughs> with bleach. Speaking of Jonathan Silverman delivery, I liked his line where he was like, so I see you're thinking of having a baby. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so this is like really the start of Ross and Susan fighting throughout this entire episode. And I have to tell you something really funny because my kids have started watching the episodes with me. And Ellie loves Friends. Like, Oh my God. And Brighton is just kind of confused at the whole <laughs> structure of it. So he kept asking me like, why are they laughing? Like, who's la- Who's laughing? <laughs> I hear laughing, but they're not laughing. I'm like, oh, sweetie, that's a laugh track. Like, that's there's an audience. There's an audience behind them or, like, in front of them that they're performing, like, on a stage. And he was like, what? <laughs> He's like, doesn't get it. He's like, but they're on TV. Be- with the arguing, particularly, Tyler and I don't argue a lot in front of our kids. And so there was so much, like, anger, like, animosity between them. 
there was so I got bombarded with questions from my kids like why are they mad why are they like why are they why are they mad but everyone's laughing it was I was like yeah I can see how this can be confusing to you sensitive little babies that's so sweet it was interesting because I got like a different perspective of the sitcom Mm -hmm. and how that format is not what they see anymore yeah ever yeah everything now is just like it's just like constant big colors and big noises and big motions and like overwhelming everything yeah yeah (laughs) and I just I, I was like I guess I took it for granted I was like oh I grew up with this format of tv like it was all Fresh Prince and mm-hmm. like step by step and family matters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Full house, like uh-huh. laughter in the background, just happening and like heartfelt <laughs> lessons being taught. But yeah, it was so it was really, really fun to watch it with them and it, it made me see it in a whole different way. That's so cute that they're watching it now. I love that. <laughs> I liked how they were competing over their watches. Like everything's a competition. Oh, everything. I know it's it's probably wrong, but I really want Susan to win. <laughs> Ross is usually being unreasonable. There's a part where the doctor says that Carol can only have ice chips. And I was like, oh yeah, that used to be a thing where they didn't let pregnant women eat or drink anything and I was like they let me drink and throw up as much as I wanted (laughs) yeah in my cramming for labor that I've been doing they're like as soon as you start laboring eat a bunch of high carb stuff like pasta (laughs) okay oh my god you will not want that (laughs) they were saying like you need to sustain energy like at the beginning so if you can eat like a bagel or toast or something eat that so it'll sustain you but so I looked it up and it, so do you know where the origin of this was from like the eating ice chips? It's kind of freaky. So it's when they used to regularly put women under anesthesia to give birth. So they, they had to have empty stomachs or else they'd like aspirate and choke to death. So yeah, I was like kind of horrified reading that like, because of the where the medical technology has come, now we can eat and drink things before like doing something completely natural. <laughs> wow, it's been so great to be a woman through the years. <laughs> right? And Rachel loves to hit on doctors. I was reading somewhere that, and then they address it in this episode where they're like, is your dad a doctor? And she's like, yeah, why? And they were talking about how she ends up with Ross, who's a doctor of paleontology. She's into this doctor. She, Barry, they've is like a doctor of orthodontry. And then when she dates Russ at some point, they call oh, him, yeah. they call him a doctor of like teeth or something. Isn't he a dentist? I think so. So she does go for all the doctors because of her daddy issues. <laughs> Yikes. It makes sense. For sure. So we're back in the waiting room. Chandler is laying down on Monica. And I I was kind of like, how tired is he? How long has it been? It's an age-old question. <laughs> Do none of them have jobs either? Like Apparently not. Or or it's like 3 a.m. It's in the middle of the yeah. night. So who, I mean, who knows? 
But also, why do they need to be there? They don't. They could just no. come when the baby's born. Right. I guess then we wouldn't have this episode. I did really like this little scene with Monica and Chandler, though, because their banter is very coupley. She's just like, oh, I want a baby. And he's like, not no, not tonight, honey. And he's just like laying on her shoulder. And then like she, she like she, she's kind of weeping about it. And she's just like, let's go get some coffee. And he's like, oh, because we never do that. Like yeah. they're just they're just like real back and forth and together. And it's just a really little foreshadowing into later on in the series. I particularly this time through, I'm noticing why they ended up together. It really does make sense. Yeah. They end up being like coupled up a lot where she'll be like laying, like leaning on him or he'll be like Mm -hmm. laying in her lap or something that's like, um, that's a little borderline with the friendship. (laughs) Yeah. It's sweet. It's never really creepy. No, no, it's it's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, also, I was thinking too. Like, Chandler is has been Ross's best friend forever, and so like there there's a lot of history there. Like, he probably sees her as like, you know, kind of a sister figure. So they're like really close. It like just occurred to me that Chandler ends up with his best friend's sister and wait there's a way to do this like monica's brother ends up with her best friend and ross's and her brother's best friend ends up with her like both uh-huh. their best friends end up with the other oh yeah sibling. with the bro- with the brother her best friend ends up with her brother the brother yeah. and then his best friend ends up with his sister i <laughs> never noticed that either well Joe's just watching the Knicks. Uh, yeah, well, I was a little confused on this this section because, like, where is everybody else? I know that Monica and Chandler went, just went to get coffee. So, okay, Rachel probably is still hitting in the doctor. Where is Phoebe? Like, I just, I felt it weird that he was just there in the waiting room alone. Yeah. Yeah, because she Phoebe showed up late, but she showed up earlier, right? Yeah, we've seen, yeah, we've already okay. seen her. Yeah, who knows? Maybe she's off playing outside on the street That's somewhere. True. Who knows with that Phoebe? <laughs> who knows what she's doing? But yeah, I um, this whole I don't know this whole storyline. I was a little bit kind of like mm, this isn't really believable, but yeah. it's okay. It's sweet, I guess. Is it Lydia? Mm-hmm. Lydia, yeah, she comes in. She's very pregnant, like yeah. much more pregnant than Carol is. <laughs> Carol's like the same amount of pregnant as the last time we saw her at the ultrasound. Yeah. Which was supposed to be like 12 weeks in. Yeah. Um, I did really like Lydia's character. I thought that she was a good, like, I don't know, good partner to Joey. Mm-hmm. They have, they had really good banter back and forth and that she just had, she had like some grit to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She always plays that similar person. Mm-hmm. She's like fairy New York, good banter. Do you have any information about her? Oh, yes, I do. Including like a a, a mild little scandal um, that I didn't know about. So she, most people know she was raised in Scientology from the age of eight. She left in 2013 and she's been an outspoken advocate for victims and survivors ever since. She has a podcast about it and she had a show for a while about it. 
her earliest TV role was on Who's the Boss, which is a show I used to sneak watch when I was homesick from school. I loved that show. <laughs> I was not allowed to watch it, and I would watch reruns, like, during the day when my mom was gone. <laughs> so it was, like, too adult for me. <laughs> Who's the Boss was too adult? Isn't that the one with Tony Danza? Yeah. Yeah, I think there were probably... I mean, my mom only let me watch PBS till I was, like, much too old to watch PBS. Like, to be only watching PBS. So, she tried to keep us quite sheltered. I guess it was kind of scandalous between, like, Tony and whatever her name... Judith Light, whatever her name was on the the show. I forget. Angela. Because he worked for her, I think. Oh. So, it was... I don't know. It was, like... That was the who's the boss thing. Oh, she's the boss. <laughs> I bet <laughs> she is. <laughs> I was going to say that would have been a good title for the spinoff. But guess what? There was a spinoff that Lisa mm-hmm. Leah Remini was in. Really? Um, but it was not called She's the Boss. It was called Living Dolls. <laughs> Halle Berry was also in it. Really? <laughs> it was a spinoff from Who's the Boss? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Uh, same. There was only 12 episodes in 1989. Okay. Let's see. She had a recurring role on Saved by the Bell playing Stacey Carosi. She also was on Cheers in 1991 and 93 as Serafina, the daughter of um, Rhea Perlman and Dan Hedaya, Carla and Nick. I, yeah, I remember, I remember her on there. I've still never seen Cheers. Oh, it's so good. Uh, she was on King of Queens for nine seasons. And then here comes the scandal. In March 2012, so she was on the talk when the talk first started, oh. and it, um, Sharon Osbourne was on it, and then also Sarah Gilbert, I think, who's from um, Roseanne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Remini and Osbourne, like, got into this Twitter dispute in March 2012, and Remini, like, fired back at Sharon Osbourne for something that Osbourne had said. Osbourne was making criticisms of Remini and Holly Robinson-Pete on The Howard Stern Show, in relation to their contracts not being renewed for the talk. And in response to questions from Twitter followers, Remini tweeted, ask Sharon, she had us fired. Sharon thought me and Holly were too ghetto, in her words. We were not funny, awkward, and didn't know ourselves. Haters gone hate, <laughs> true, but haters have the balls to say they hate, not call themselves your friend. She had us fired all the while calling me and Holly her friend. Heartbreaking, yes, she had us fired and she told Howard Stern. That explains why she never called us back. And so then in response, Sharon Osborne tweeted, I had absolutely nothing to do with her departure from the show, and I have no idea why she continues to take to Twitter to spread false gossip. Um, so then Leah Remini tweeted a challenge to Sharon Osborne to establish in a court of law what statements Remini had made were untrue. <laughs> oh, my God. Drama. So then, I know. <laughs> So then this, like, I guess went away. And in 2021, when Sharon Osbourne was in a new, another scandal over remarks she made on the talk to Cheryl Underwood, which eventually led to both of them being terminated from the show, this, like, Twitter feud with Remini, like, resurfaced. And um, Holly Robinson, Pete, and Leah Remini took to social media to reproach Osbourne over her conduct in relation to the scandal, pointing out they had been similarly treated by her and charged Osborne with additional discriminatory behaviors. Osborne responded with threats of defamation lawsuits against Holly Pete and Remini, but ultimately did nothing. 
This sounds exactly <laughs> like a middle school social media fight. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I love that yeah. this is a scandal. I know. This is like on her Wikipedia, like as a, as like a thing. And I'm like, she's done so much other stuff, like wow. being in Blossom. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, also, Home Improvement, Phineas and Ferb, Dancing with the Stars, Old School, and The Masked Singer. And lastly, she was in a video game in 1993 called Gabriel Knight: Sins of the Fathers. Oh man, The Masked Singer. Can we just? acknowledge right now what like a weird franchise that is and what what has spun off of it as a result like do you have you seen some of those shows i've not watched i've just seen like pictures and maybe a clip or two so it's not just like the masked singer singer anymore it there's there's shows of like people dressed up as teletubbies that are like trying to act and they're like famous people inside it's just people trying to guess who's inside of like random who's in there costumes it's so weird i can't believe some of the shows like some of the game show competition shows like the one where it's like beat shazam like what what (laughs) I just want Shazam to tell me what the song is. I don't need to compete against it because I don't know. Why is this the thing people are watching? Yeah, that this is what entertainment has become. <laughs> That's why I just keep watching Friends over and over. I know. <laughs> I can't face the real world. Speaking of bad, Phoebe gets way too real with her music about your kid growing up and hating you. Oh, I loved her resentment song. <laughs> that was so great. Did you notice that it is now daytime outside? Oh, I did not. At least we know when it is. <laughs> Hopefully it's just the next day. But they've, they've been there all night. But I was like, is it morning now? Wasn't it just nighttime? Oh, man. How long has it been? <laughs> how long has it been? Well, Chandler's being nice and saying to Monica, hey, let's, if you're not married by 40, let's get married. And she does not like that. Of course, she only hears the negative in that. Of course. And he's just like, what, what, what? Oh, he's oh, trying oh. so hard to be nice. And he just keeps digging himself I into know. a hole. <laughs> I That made me wonder, did you ever have a backup plan with anybody like that? Um, No, I, th- I think that like when, when I was dating Jake, we like joked about it a lot. But nothing, nothing ever serious. I had like a, yeah, like a, a friendly, uh, not bet, what is it, agreement, a gentleman's agreement with, with someone that if we were going to get married at 40, um, if we weren't married yet. Oh, and okay. then I found out that he had told someone else 35. So, hey, rude. I, I got <laughs> cut in line. <laughs> Well, joke's on him because I got married before 40, so. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, hey, I guess you got to keep your options open because, you true. know, if that's if that's what you're betting on, <laughs> you, you got to have some li- things lined up. Exactly. And it's kind of funny because we find out, like, way later that Phoebe has agreements with all the dudes about being back up. I forgot about that. that... Oh, she's great. 
Oh, well, also in this scene, when Monica sees uh, the woman taking home the twins and she says, it's not fair that she gets two and I don't even get one. But then later, her and Chandler adopt twins. They get twins later. So yeah. she does get them. She does get it's them. So great. Yeah. Well, Rachel, Rachel comes in all dressed up. So it's at least been long enough that she could go home and come back. Yes. Um, yeah. She's like, she's kind of the worst in, because she's just so obsessed with just, she's her, she's so laser focused on this mm-hmm. doctor. She doesn't have any idea what's going on around her. No. And her dress wasn't so bad, but I was kind of like, what's with the like Valero, like short cardigan thing on top of it? I don't know. Uh, her hair was real poofy too. Like <laughs> she just got out of that chair <laughs> with the like you know nine stylus. <laughs> yeah. And then we see Joey taking care of a random pregnant lady. <laughs> okay, taking care of. Let me just let me just say what he is tucking the blanket around. She's he's tucking her into the hospital bed, and I mean. It's really sweet. It's really sweet. But like, who is pregnant and wants to be tucked? I don't want to be tucked even not pregnant. I, I know. Like, I just watched the Tuck No Tuck episode of Seinfeld and I was like, never a tuck ever. Don't tuck. I have to have, for for security reasons, I have to have a tuck at the bottom. Mm. I can't. I can't do it tucked up, like up the bed. But it has to be tucked in the bottom and in the corner. Otherwise, the the whole bedding ends up, like, up my neck. (laughs) My only savior is that, like, Court does a tuck on his side, and I leave mine untucked. But I will do, I'll do the corner so it's not just, like, hanging. Mm -hmm. But I can't have my feet or the side. And it might, maybe because I'm so tall. I just, like, it's too much pressure on my toes and... (laughs) And, like, I can't move around. It's really constricting. I don't like it. So can I tell you something really funny? <laughs> when I actually, when I gave birth, my, one of the nurses pointed out to me, she was like, oh, you have drop foot. And I was like, what? I, excuse me? What is How dare drop? you? What is drop foot? <laughs> and she's like, oh, when you're, when you're laying down or, like, sitting, your feet don't, like, sit up normally. They drop. Oh. So like my when I'm when I'm sitting down, instead of having feet that go like this, like that sit up, my feet almost are like like par- parallel with my legs, like my toes. Like you're you don't have your feet flat on the floor. No, like if I'm laying down, I'm gonna show oh, you. Oh, laying down. Like if okay. I'm laying down, my feet like drop down. Like my I'm pointing my oh, toes all the time. Like a ballerina. Yeah, but not, but I'm not doing it. But it's a problem. (laughs) It's a a problem. It's, it's something that has to do like with my childhood. I don't know my childhood or something, the way I slept. Anyway, I've been so like conscious of it now. There's all of these like contraptions that you can buy. Oh my God. Please tell me you got one and you have a picture of it. (laughs) I did get one, but I only got one because I wanted to try it. So I switch it back and forth between my feet. Oh and, then, and then the, the other one, I will put my weighted blanket, like, 
in a little mountain at the bottom. <laughs> to hold to prop it up. Oh no. <laughs> But I, but I but here's the funny thing. It I it's not comfortable, so I can't <laughs> sleep. So I'll I'll lay there for like twenty minutes and be like, I'm gonna sleep like this. I'm gonna sleep like this and I always end up just throwing it all on the floor. That's amazing. All because of my stupid drop foot. You like Barbie foot. Which is quite elegant but not practical. No. So yeah, I was just like, she doesn't want to be tucked. She she needs some breathing room here. Yeah. And she like has Joey talk to her mom on the phone. And yeah. she's not into him being an actor at all. But here's where the discrepancy is in the age. Because he says he's 25. Which means that he's a little bit younger than Monica. Because we've now heard her say twice that she's 26. Yes. So I looked up their birthdays. Okay. <laughs> Joey's, I don't know when we established this, but it it says on the internet that it's January 9th, 1968. But Monica's birthday is somewhere around March 69. So he cannot be younger than her. But she says she's, she says she's 26. So he can't be 25. He can't, he can't, yeah. Well, maybe 25 is his actor age. Oh. I don't know why he would lie by, like, a year. Plot hole. That's a good catch. Thanks. I'm I'm impressed that you went and looked that up. Good job. I've been very, very focused on these ages. I'm like, what is going on? I don't get it. Nobody knows. (laughs) Not even the creators. I really liked, like, the way that Lydia says when she's talking on on the phone with her mom, and she says, okay. I know. (laughs) I love her accent. She's just like so New York. I really enjoy it. Love it. When they start arguing, she calls him Nick Finn. Do you do you know that reference? No. She's like she's like okay. Who what are who are you, Nick Finn? I was like, this has to be like, like a sports person. Sports person or like is it a liter? It sounded like a literary <laughs> reference. Like I don't know, but with him like trying to tell her what to do, you know, uh-huh. I could not find anything i tried all variations of spellings of nick finn (laughs) and i could find nothing but like weird twitter (laughs) twitter accounts (laughs) so i gave up so if anyone listening knows the nick finn reference would love to know what that is because well i just googled nick finn athlete oh i don't there was a Nick Finn who played baseball for Missouri Western from 72 to 75. Or there was a Nick Finn in men's ice hockey, but that looks like it's from 2000, 2014. But I was thinking it might be an athlete because they had like bonded over the Knicks and talking yeah. about sports. I'll have to ask Court if he knows who Nick Finn is. Okay. When we go back to Carol's room, Ross and Susan are competing to help her breathe. And I, I like love that little scene where she's just like, <laughs> breathe, 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 breathe. But I feel like, yeah, this is the start of her not actually being a very good actor. Cause she's just like, she's looking back and forth at them. And then she's like, you're killing me. And it was just kind of like, Ugh. she was yeah. just overdoing it. Not good delivery. No, but the other um, two are doing great. Yeah. Oh God. I love Ross in this, in this 
uh, scene. Like, his delivery is so good. He's like, doing it for Jordy? Who the hell is Jordy? <laughs> I know. We never landed on Jordy. <laughs> and then he mentions the whole Jesse, Cody, Dylan fiasco. Yeah. And I have a little funny thing about that. That one of the actors who would play his son later is named Cole Sprouse, whose twin is named Dylan. Cole played one of the main characters named Cody with his brother Dylan, who played Zach on The Sweet Life of Cody and Zach, of Zach and Cody and The Sweet Life on Deck. So there's like the Cody Dylan <laughs> fiasco. Know. Yeah, it's those two that will in the future play his son. That's awesome. Speaking of not believable, extremely not believable when Carol kicks both of them out. So she's laboring alone. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think so. No. And also like my water hasn't broken yet, but when Joey's like coaching this random woman to give birth and then gets grossed out by her water breaking, they just like look under the cover and they're like, "Uh Oh, but like, isn't it a lot of fluid? No, it's not. My water broke with Ellie before we went to the hospital and because I was on a walk and it was like this slow drip. <laughs> oh, okay. So maybe it is. Then. So I think that it can happen in a lot of different ways. Okay. <laughs> but I was like, something's not right. Like, <laughs> I'm not peeing, <laughs> but I can't stop it. <laughs> And it just kept like it was just it was just a little bit, but it just kept happening. I'm <laughs> like, I think I think I might be going into labor. This is where June Gable shows up, who plays Estelle. Yes, she's helping the the Lydia breathe, and then when he's like, something has exploded, and he freaks <laughs> out. She's like, breathe, and he's yeah. like. <gasps> I think, wasn't this also where he was like, push it out, push it out, way out, like sports chanting? (laughs) I love that. That's going to be court. (laughs) I could totally see him doing that. Go to the bucket. You're almost there. Get the touchdown. (laughs) What? What? I don't know those things. Run to the end zone. (laughs) There's the sports announcer he likes that screams onions all the time. He'd be like, onions! Onions! I think it's basketball. Tyler probably knows. You should ask him. Okay, I will. The court says onions all the time. And if he says that to me when I'm in labor, that might be a challenge for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why does he scream onions? That doesn't make any sense. It's like, you know how sports announcers, they have, they're like, I mean, they have to keep talking, you know? (laughs) So you resort to vegetables? (laughs) I don't understand sports. Oh, so I this is like a March Madness article. It's Bill Raff Raftery and his it's his catchphrase is onions. I bet Tyler knows because it's like a okay. basketball thing. But I'm not gonna read this whole article. But it's Is it like like, ooh, that was spicy onions or Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 I can make you see that. It's just like so random. He also says stuff like, a little lingerie on the deck with that move. (laughs) Get the lingerie off the deck. (laughs) I don't know. Basketball things. Oh, I I like this guy. (laughs) And he says a little kiss a lot. And that's, I guess, just a nice way of saying something instead of a bank shot. Oh, okay. 
So it just has a little kiss on it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we are back in the hallway um, where Ross and Susan have been kicked out of the room and they're still arguing about whose fault it is now. Um, and I, I have to say, the way that they're arguing is so convincing Actors arguing is really impressive. I don't think I could do it. Like, if someone's yelling at me and, like, I'm trying to remember my own lines and yell them back, like, in a convincing way. Yeah. It's the same as when actors have to scream. I'm like, I couldn't do that. Yeah. And have it be believable at all. Ah! That's really hard. That would be really hard. Yeah. I like at the end too, like Phoebe comes in and throws down the gauntlet at them. And then I like Ross going, yeah, Susan. <laughs> He's so immature. One more little biting yeah. comment there. I love Phoebe when she's just like, I don't like my voice like this. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm going to use that with my own kids. <laughs> yeah. And she locks them in the closet. I was wondering, like, what kind of James Bond style lock is this that you can't access from both sides of the door? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I understood at first I was like, well, you're in a hospital and there's like chemicals in this room. So it makes sense that it is locked. But I've never seen such a door where you couldn't, you could only use a key. From both sides? Or, yeah, or just the outside and have nothing on the inside. Yeah. That's like a pretty high-tech lock to have on a custodial closet yeah. Yeah. in a hospital. Yeah, I didn't... Why would you ever need to lock it from the inside? Right. Yeah, exactly. And how could no one hear them banging on the door and yelling in that hospital? Like, there are literally rooms across the hall. Are, are we just back to Rachel hitting on the doctor still? Yeah, yeah. While, while Carol's trying to labor. And they're just kind of like, yeah, and Paris. <laughs> yeah. I like how just dismissive he is of her, though. He's like, yeah, you're, you're fine. You're doing great. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And Paris. <laughs> it's funny because Rachel's like pouring a glass of water and you think that she's going to give it to, to, to Carol. But she's like, so blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I did a while ago, I forgot to mention that I did like her previous outfit that was like the white shirt with the black stripes under the black overalls. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cute. I liked Phoebe's all black outfit too. Angsty oh. artist outfit. Oh, yeah. Back in the closet, she's singing about finding bodies <laughs> and then la la lying. <laughs> I do have to say, it, in during this scene, I took a good look around the janitor's closet. Ooh. It is the neatest janitor's closet i have ever seen in my life like, it is a hospital but even the paper towels are more organized than what's in my house like they're like neatly stacked on top of each other there's like gloves a set of gloves hanging over it's just like too strategically neat and also the closet is giant it is giant yeah there's no need for that much space and that little amount of storage <laughs> But then Chandler sweetly runs interference for Monica with oh, her mom. I loved that. And I was like, of course they're destined to be together. Like, he all he, he didn't even have to say anything. He just took the phone, white noise, click, like put his arm <laughs> around he, her. He looks so annoyed when he does it, too. <laughs> He's just like... 
and then, and then hangs up with like this look on his face and then turns to her and she like collapses into his arms. Yeah. And again, her mom is just so judgmental. We can't even hear her except we know how judgmental she's being. I was thinking about too, like, cause uh, Joey says he's 25 to what's her face's mom and monica's mom is like this might be my only chance for a grandchild these people are 25 like i know <laughs> and they're all being pressured to like have kids and that you're you're not with anybody yet like they've been out of college for like three years yeah wow and then joey passes by and they're like he's like what's wrong with you and he's just, oh, i just had a baby <laughs> So we go back to the waiting room and doctor, the doctor comes out with Rachel and he's, he's like going to get a cup of coffee or something. But I was like, when do doctors go into waiting rooms to get a cup of coffee? I thought it was bizarre that there was just coffee out in the waiting room. Like, it seems like something that would be a bit more controlled for the public. It just being out where anyone could touch it and burn themselves or break it or any of this seems strange to yeah. not be like contained in a cafeteria when it's like a sterile place. Yeah, it's just out in the waiting room and the doctor's <laughs> just wandering out, getting his <laughs> cup of coffee, chatting it up with the girl. Who cares about washing your hands or gloves or anything? Yeah. Also, it just occurred to me that like, the doctor is not there that much when you're in labor. Like, they come at the end and catch it. Yep. Yeah, they go around to all the hospital rooms and catch all the babies. <laughs> Take all the glory. They just swoop, swoop in. <laughs> the nurses do all the work. Maybe back in the 90s. I know for sure in the 80s, like, you had a doctor that you went to and that doctor delivered your baby. I don't think there was like a network of doctors and things as as often. I was like trying to figure out who might be on call around when my due date is. And they're like, we have 21 doctors. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Fun. It's, it's whoever is not, whoever's on the clock and not currently catching a baby somewhere else. But he's explaining to Rachel if I have one more cup of coffee, trying to explain to her that like he just stares at vaginas all day. So it, getting together with women is hard. Great line, guy. I do love his face, though, when he's like, he does this like little nod thing and you believe that he's actually looking at a vagina in that moment. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. He's just like, you know. And she does know and she is not into it. Uh, she's done. Yeah. I don't know would that be a deal breaker that like a male i've had a male gynecologist like not the most comfortable thing but whatever i wouldn't think any less of them as a person i'd probably trust them more and be like well you know what's going on down there so, yeah <laughs> you've actually like been around the block a few times <laughs> plus if you're with a gynecologist you never have to go to one right you can be like can you check out this thing <laughs> Or maybe not. It might be a way to, like, kill the romance a little bit. <laughs> I guess there's certain things you can't unsee. <laughs> and I think that's what he was kind of alluding to. Yeah. <laughs> True. But I don't know. Yeah, I would I would not write him off so quickly. Mm -hmm. I would, like, I don't know why the term take him for a test drive. That's not <laughs> what I meant. 
It totally is what you meant. But like you would test it out a little bit to see how it goes. The relationship. The relationship, Sarah. You would quit further along if there was an issue. Like if all he talked about all day long was like the stuff he sees at work or like talked about women's vaginas constantly, if that's all he did. But like, just because that's his job, like, I don't know. I would not date someone who does finance because I find it boring. Like, (laughs) that's not a good analogy, but you know what I mean? That would be super helpful. (laughs) Would be helpful, actually. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Your job's not always who you are. She wrote him off too quickly. Yeah. She does that, though. Yeah. Now we go to Leah Remini again, and her dude has showed up. Yeah, and Joey shows up with the balloons, but the dude is already in there. And seemingly Lydia, Leah, doesn't have any problem with this guy now being there. They seem very connected, and his character is Roy, but he's played by Carlo Imperato. And apparently he doesn't have a Wikipedia. He only has an IMDb, and we know how helpful that is, but... (laughs) um, he is on the Wikipedia for fame. Apparently he's known for being in the movie Fame in 1982. Oh. That's what he's best known for. IMDb also says he's known for Crazy Love in 05 and Grey's Anatomy in 05. It's the only things I could find about him. Okay. But like, she seems to have recovered from labor very quickly. Yeah. I feel. I felt like maybe their relationship was one of those just like, volatile New York relationships where like they really do love each other but they're just like we're in a really bad fight Uh so she was just like get out I'm having this baby by myself totally I'm gonna be judgy he looked like a douchebag but he was being nice and Joey just listens and walks away with his buddy balloon with his little bottle made buddy balloon that's so sad you can kind of see Matt LeBlanc like almost laugh when he looks at it and does this like little smile he's like hello buddy yeah walks slowly around the corner we're in the closet then they're they're arguing again it seemed like a a conversation that they needed to have and that was like realistic of like well, who do i get to be like you get to take my biological child home and see him every day mm-hmm. and she's like well you're the dad for life like who am i and I did like that. He's like, every day is lesbian lover day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was my favorite line. That was good. <laughs> and then Phoebe again, like with the inappropriate. This is so great. I know. <laughs> but but again, it's the inappropriate like, like icebreaker. Mm-hmm. But then she ends up saying like something so wise and beautiful. That they, it makes them stop and like actually internalize and realize what they're, what's happening. And I maybe cried when she, in her little speech about how kids so lucky to have so many like loving parents and people that care about it. I know. She says she, there's so much love. These, this little baby has three whole parents who are fighting over who's going to love it the most. It's the luckiest baby in the whole world. <laughs> oh man yeah nine months pregnant watching that was a little rough yeah <laughs> but fortunately joey is now an expert at birth yeah back in carol's room all the friends are helping her helping helping her 
would she really want all these weirdos in her room? That is all I wrote for this scene. <laughs> is she's okay with all these people in here? <laughs> because they're not even people that she's close with. Like, maybe Monica. Maybe. But, like, she doesn't know these other people at all. Nope. And and even if she did, like, I wasn't in your room when you were in labor. I mean, I was living up here, too. But, but like, I, you don't want a bunch of, I, I assume, you, you want, like, a person or two people, maybe, that, that are going to be supportive. You don't want a ton of people. For one, they're, they can't do much. <laughs> they just, like, stand around feeling helpless. And, making you feel uncomfortable yeah and well you're you're so like in a state of i don't give a f- <laughs> that but you're like ret- i mean looking back at it it's not you're not in a state that you want people to see you right <laughs> because like i was there sweating in pain barfing a ton <laughs> into like this little blue bag and not being able to breathe. Like having, taking off my oxygen masks so I can throw up in a bag. My mom and Carrie are sitting there just like, what do we do? What do we do? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I I found it not believable that they would all be in there. And then Rachel goes right on down to the bottom of the sheet. Oh, she's, yeah, she's in there. The straight on view, like up the tunnel. So then we go back to the closet and Phoebe's in the janitor's outfit, which gross. <laughs> Who knows who's been in that? Although it looked very clean and fitting it, on her. It did. And I just love how much she loves hospital worker Ben. I love that like they just needed a symbol to bring to bring the two of them, Ross and Susan, together. And that symbol happens to be Phoebe in a Ben outfit because she did unite them. And I just thought it was really beautiful. Yeah. But then they leave her in the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. When they lift her up in the vent and then it's just in time for the janitor to open the closet. And they so they run out. I loved that janitor's like one line when he's just like, hey, you forgot your legs. He is credited just as janitor, but he apparently, I mean, this is according to Friends Fandom, his name is Gavin, the janitor, um, but I think the credits just say janitor, so I don't know where Gavin came from, but his, the actor is Jackie Bright. He um, was born in 1919 and passed away in 06, but he also appears in the one with Barry and Mindy's wedding as Mr. Weinberg, and then he also was in the Joey spinoff as an old man. Okay. He also appeared in Veronica's Closet and Dream On, which is that other Coffin and Crane show that a oh, bunch yeah. of friends people are tied to. So he played Uncle High, H-Y, on, in Dream On in 1982. And in the one where Old Yeller dies, there's possibly a joke about that because Rachel says, Ben said hi, and Ross says, what, the word hi? And Rachel replies, no, my uncle hi. Oh, interesting. Well, I really liked his one line. He did a great job with it. Yeah. Um, then in Carol's room, the Ross and Susan finally show up. And then it's really crowded. <laughs> and Ross goes, Carol, how are you doing this? And I suddenly started panicking and was like, oh, my God, I have to do that soon. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. 
Yeah. Ross's reaction as the baby comes out is so great. It's such a like great story of emotion, amazement, horror, shock, wonder, like the human range of emotions. Would you be surprised if I said I cried right there (laughs) again? He is like, he doesn't say anything and it's just his change in facial expressions is so amazing. Yeah. When the doctor's like, you're doing fine. And then Ross is like way in there. The way Jonathan Silverman says, hello. (laughs) Again, you're so funny. There was one thing that I found very distracting. When the baby comes out and you see the the shot is like straight on from the back of the doctor into like the whole bed. Ross is like, has his arm almost around the doctor. He's like leaning on the doctor as like he's holding the baby. And I'm like, this would not happen. Uh-uh. You would not be able to like touch the doctor in any way, but he's like, he's like kind of leaning on his shoulder and like, it was really <laughs> weird. I thought at first that he was going in to cut the cord, but then they didn't say anything about that or show it. So no, I guess no. not. But Phoebe's up in the vent still. I know. <laughs> it's so great. And they all agree on a name. So they agree on Ben, and then the gang comes in to meet the baby. And Monica will always have gum. Oh, I know. I I felt like Courtney Cox, like, really, truly got teary when she held the baby. And I I felt like the emotion was real, Mm -hmm. which was kind of cool. There was a moment in this scene, just in a little exchange, where Rachel's like, I can't believe one of us has one of these. And Chandler's like, I know, I still am one of these. This was one of those moments where I was watching with my kids and Brighton, like, really didn't like this part. He was like, why are they making fun of him? Like, he's like, why are they all laughing at him when he says that he is one of those? And I was like, oh, baby, oh, sweet baby. (laughs) No, he's making a joke. He's making fun of himself. And, like, the audience is laughing because he made a joke. And he was like, I don't like them laughing at him. I was like, oh, oh God, maybe you're not ready for this. Yes. Oh, buddy. I thought friends would be so mild. And, like, he was just like, I don't understand. Then we go to the tag? Yes. This is one of my favorite tags in the series, I think. I really liked the little speech by Ross. I thought it was really cute. And, of course, I cried again. And then, of course, Chandler is, like, cracking jokes. Yeah, I I thought it was really sweet. And it's also just really funny to see the point of view of a baby and, like, how ridiculous adults can be with their facial expressions. Totally. I was watching them and being like, oh, this is about to be my everyday life now. Yeah. I'm going to be them again. I remember when I was nanny, I was like, I can't believe that that just came out of my mouth or I can't believe I just did that movement. Like when you're around baby, it just like balls out of you and no control. Your voice gets weird. (laughs) It gets really high or really low. Yeah. And you end up doing things like, Oh yeah, boy. (laughs) Come up with very strange nicknames and phrases that you've never heard or said in your entire life. Nope. And we'll never say again. (laughs) And like, don't even really care if anyone's around hearing it. Doesn't no. seem to matter. No. But at the very end of this, Rachel asks if anyone wants to get some coffee. 
And that's her last line in the series finale of the whole show. She asked Monica and Chandler if they have time to get coffee. Oh, that's true. <sighs> oh, you're going to have a baby so soon. I know. I was also just getting a little bit emotional about the final episode. <laughs> I can't watch it. I think I've told you that. Like, yeah. I skip it. I have to go back to the beginning. I can't do it. I don't know if she'll get off the planes too hard. I can't do it. <laughs> Sarah, she does. She gets I off know. the plane. And, so, and then I'll text people and be like, she did. She got off the plane. She did it. Well, this episode was super fast paced, but I really liked it. Yeah. You have a winner? For this? Ooh, I forgot about this part. Phoebe. I agree. She totally won this episode. And she wasn't in it that much. Yeah, she did a good job. Yeah, I mean, she named the kid and brought both of the fighters together. Yeah. Like, in, she unified the family. True. And who loses? Who's the worst? <laughs> Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but I didn't really care about her in this episode, which is really sad because she was the one who was giving birth. I agree. I wasn't a fan. I I kind of tuned out, weirdly, a couple of the scenes with Rachel and just the doctor, and I really liked Jonathan Silverman. I just, like, completely forgot some of the bits with the two of them. Mm -hmm. Probably because Carol was there. (laughs) Well, this was a fun one. I really enjoyed it. You made me laugh. (laughs) This was a timely episode, too, because I am imminently about to give birth. I know. We'll see if we can get the season finale out before my season finale. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you called it? I think so. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Let's go with it. Well, I will be there for you. And your little bun. Yeah. So soon. I know. I can't wait. You'll meet her over Zoom. You met Ellie over Zoom. That's true. I did. You'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be here for you. And I won't leave my house for the next four months. (laughs) I'll definitely be here. Okay. (laughs) And I'll be there someday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, bye, friends. Bye, friends. Better Friends Podcast is created, produced, edited, and all the other things by Ashley Madden and Sarah Reinen. Please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your questions to betterfriendswatchingfriends at gmail.com. To find out more about Better Friends, please check us out on Twitter at betterfriendpod or on Instagram at betterfriendswatchingfriends. Thanks for listening. <laughs>